This is an elegant process that builds on success and teaches exquisite discrimination skills. We're talking about the fading in protocol. This is Learning About Dogs, a podcast for people who love learning about dogs. I'm Sue McGuire, the manager of a canine behavior program at a small nonprofit animal shelter near San Francisco. And with me is Kay Lawrence, who is going to be talking about the fading in protocol. Let's talk about, uh, you have an article on your website about it. It's called the Fade In Protocol. And I believe you also have a, a video that people can access. Um, talk to me about it a little bit. I mean, I understand it, but a lot of people, the question I get is, what's the difference between that Fade In Protocol and distraction training? So let's dive in. Hmm. Well, <sighs> Distraction trained, I think the term distraction is very much um, a traditional dog training viewpoint where anything that's not me is a distraction from me, therefore it's a bad thing. So there's the arrogance that I'm the most important thing. And if I've asked my dog to come, he should not be distracted by another dog's or a rabbit's poo that's on the way. He should come straight to me because that's a distraction. If you start to look at the more scientific literature, you look at disruptions, so a disrupting event is something that can stop the behavior happening. It disrupts that behavior. So anything that is a disrupting event has a cue. So if we look at the dogs being called to come back towards you and on the way they get the scent of rabbit poo or a bacon sandwich, we could call that a disrupting event. It stops the dog traveling to you. So the training is about setting hierarchies for cues so under those conditions, if I've said, dog, return to me, that is the highest order, if you like, of the cue hierarchy. And anything else that the dog may experience as a cue, the scent of the bacon sandwich, somebody else throwing a toy, are cues for other behaviors. They should be further down the right. hierarchy. So those should be put to one side while the dog responds to the cue that I've given them. So my cue is of the highest priority, prioritizing yes. it, if you like. So how do we teach the dog to prioritize this cue and not respond to that cue? And that comes way back when you start to teach a behavior. So if I'm teaching a dog to, say, run to the platform. Now, to start with, the platform will be in front of me. I'll be standing there and I might even be holding a pot of food and the dog um, stands on the platform. I then chuck the food right behind the dog. If I'm at six o'clock, then the food goes out to 12 o'clock. So the dog turns around, they go and fetch their piece of food. They come back and stand on the platform. Now, what I will start to do is I will fade in non-cues, things that are not relevant. So just as the dog's They've maybe done 20 or 30 of this and it's going along nicely and I can see the fluency, which means as soon as they've eaten a piece of food, their mind is full of doing that behavior again. There's nothing else on the agenda. So I have this nice cycle going. There's a nice rhythm to it. And partway through, I might scratch my head or I might cough or I might pull up a chair and sit down. Those are lower hierarchy, lower priorities on the hierarchy of coming to stand on the platform. So standing on the platform, so it's going to possibly disrupt the behavior to some degree. But if this is a dog that lives with you, scratching your head has never been of value to the dog. They're just going to go, yeah, yeah, she's got fleas again. There <laughs> we are. So what? They might watch you move your hand up, but it wouldn't actually disrupt them 
getting on that platform to get that piece of chicken. So that's now filed away as her scratching her head, not relevant. Her having a cough, not relevant. Sit down, stand up. Mm, no, it doesn't seem to be relevant there. So all of these small things that I change in the environment at that stage are faded in in such a way that the dog will probably take note of them but choose to do the main priority, which is keep running through the cycle. Go get your chicken, run and stand on the platform. Go get your chicken. Oh, there's a ball over there. Never mind. I'll run and stand on the platform. So to fade in other opportunities for reinforcement, which is the bacon sandwich or the have a tasty bit of rabbit mm -hmm. poo, those are other opportunities for reinforcement. And I want the dog to go, yeah, yeah, I know they would be good if I didn't know she had a piece of chicken for me. But if I hear her say, hey, return to me, I know she's got a piece of chicken, but that smell of the bacon sandwich, I might not get bacon sandwich. I think I'll not bother with it. I'll go for the chicken. So I want to teach the dog to be a bit of a, to not be a gambler and say, that chicken is trustworthy. I'm going to stick with the chicken and I'm not going to veer off and go and see if there's a bacon sandwich for me somewhere else. So that there's, they learn how to prune out stuff that's the difference between stuff that works and stuff that doesn't work. Now, if I don't give her the return to me cue and she's free to do what she wants, she might well take a whiff of the bacon sandwich and on the way to the bacon sandwich, she might see the rabbit poo. Well, at that time, she's got to choose which is the best opportunity. Do I go for rabbit poo that's not going to go anywhere? I can come back later on that because it's not moving. Or shall I go and see if that bacon sandwich could fall into mm -hmm. my mouth? So they're always they're always having a look at stuff going on in the environment. So do we. You know, when you go past a shop that has something in the window, you think, oh, that's nice. I might come back in a couple of weeks and see if they've got that still. Or if in your experience, if you don't buy that now, you're not going to get it. You learn to buy it now. So you prioritize your cues as to what you respond to and what you note to respond to at another time should you not be driving a car perhaps <laughs> yes so you know this is just a life skill where you're looking at all this stuff happening and what you allow to disrupt what you're doing depends on your priority of what you're doing at that time and we want to teach the dogs how to prioritize this behavior is prioritized because it will pay off you will get chicken it will be worth your while and they've learned the skill of doing this prioritizing so a juvenile behavior would be the inability to do that prioritizing. They would respond to everything in the environment. Oh, look, lovely thing over there. I must go and look at that. Which a puppy does. Leaf blows. Oh, I've got to go and look at that. Oh, look, there's a frog. I've got to go and look at that. They have no sense of some things being of no value until they've actually experienced them. Which is equally, they have no sense of some things being reliable until they've experienced them. I'm fascinated by you. Does that well, well, yeah, but because you talk a lot about, oh, um, you know, I could go get the bacon chicken, but I'd rather go get the, the the bacon sandwich rather, and I'd rather go get the chicken that she just had. So let's say, for example, the animal decides, well, um, hmm, um, I might want to go get that bacon sandwich instead of coming back and doing the behavior. Sure. So technically, Absolutely. that would be an error. And I know we can talk on and on about errors, but I know you like to say, and I, I agree... No, it's no, it's not, not an it's, error. It's yeah. just information. <laughs> no, it's, it's a, choice. a choice. Yeah, it was just a choice. She said at that time, I know you've got chicken, but that bacon, 
is a gamble. I'm going to go and have a look at it. I go, help yourself, because I want her to learn that that bacon was a fake. <laughs> yes, it was somebody else's sandwich that they ate, and there's nothing there for you. Damn, she goes. Well, can I still have the chicken? My answer is, no, you're going to have to do the behaviour again. Oh, bugger. There you go. That was your choice. That's all right. <laughs> I'm not going to remove the chicken, but if she then comes back and says, oh, I'd like the chicken still, I said, well, let's see if you can do the behaviour again. And I would set her up to okay. do the behaviour again. What I'm not going to do is reinforce her for having come away from the bacon. Otherwise, you reinforce this um. cycle of return towards me, go and have a look at the bacon. Oh, there's nothing there. Never mind. I'll go back to her in the end. And you're so relieved that the dogs come back to you off the bacon. That you I think that's the mistake people Oops. make right there. Oh. Yeah. oh, it was an error, but that's okay. I want to. Yeah. You can say, excuse me. <coughs> you can certainly say, oh, it's nice to see you, but it's not worthy of chicken because you just went, you just took a deviation. Oh, and okay. then what would you next go around? You know, what would you do next go around? I mean, if you were taking, so maybe. If the bacon's a fixed event, I would actually move her yeah. further away. Yeah. Yeah, if it's, you know, it's, you're teaching a skill, you know, sometimes the grass is wet and sometimes the grass is dry. You know, you, you, you have to look at teaching them this cue response hierarchy, which is the most important thing. You know, if we're going out shopping and we've only got an hour and we know we need to buy a new suitcase, but on the way to buying a new suitcase, we see a pair of shoes that's rather good. Do we stop and buy the shoes, which take time to try them on, take time to make a decision and risk running out of time? Or do we say, no, that's a distraction from what I have set as a priority and I need to go and look at the suitcases because I've only got an hour. That's called adults, isn't it? That's called living. And if I do go and look at the shoes, I won't be able to go and get the suitcase because I've run out of time. So really, you're just talking about prioritizing what is going to pay off more. What's the most important thing at that time? I can, uh, people are just going to sit out there and go, well, that was her choice to go eat the bacon. Um, <sighs> no, no, she didn't eat the bacon. She just followed a possible whiff. Uh. <laughs> if she got the piece of bacon, that's that's my okay. error. That's my okay. error for asking her to do something under the conditions there was free bacon there yeah, as well. Yeah. So you have a quote in your... And I teach. You have a quote in your article that says, "An error is simply the difference between my expectations and the dog's responses." Yeah. Yes, yes, that's that's the reality. So you know the video I have where she's training. Uh, so there's an open pot of food, or the pot of food's on the chair, and to her, that pot of food cues. Whoa, person, person, go and fetch me food. Cool. So. Just by learning to come away from the food, to get me to go and fetch the food, starts to become part of this cue priority. So the cue of the smell of food means connect to person, and then person will go and get me food. So if she had started to return towards me, got the smell of a bacon sandwich, run over to the guy that's eating the bacon sandwich, looked at the bacon sandwich, stood there and looked at me and said, person, will you come and ask this guy to give you a bacon sandwich? <laughs> I may have responded. <laughs> yeah. Are you with yes. me? <laughs> so it's not about, you know, terms like proofing and distraction, they're hard terms. Proofing is about testing whether something will break or yeah. not. You know, and it comes out of industry where you proof metal or publishing where you proof something to make sure there is no errors on it. But you can't proof a dog. You can't proof a behavior. 
you know, how foolproof is your typing? Yeah. How well proofed is your typing? And I'm damn sure that as people who have funny fingers that don't do the things they expect them to do, or you're typing one word and a perfectly adequate word will come out of the typewriter, <laughs> come up on the screen, and you go, wow, my fingers thought of that one. <laughs> I think I was typing intent and the word interest typed up and i'm like gosh wow so yeah you know none of us are proofed at something everyone will can make errors mistakes that just means at that time we were tired or that we hadn't learned how to do something different that's what learning yeah i i do find it personally annoying especially in gmail now it it autofills words i i don't like that Ooh. do you like that no, switch it off. Switch it off. No, I yeah. don't do it at all. I mean, auto, auto. Um, to me, if you can't, yeah, autocorrect is funny enough. But <laughs> it's the same as that's. Yeah, this you know the same as um, if you spell something wrong, don't go back and just change the letter. You should take the whole word out and spell it correctly to start with. Separate. Yeah, separate. There's a rat in separate. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Separate, not separate. Mm-hmm. Well, if I spell it wrong, I'll, I'll make myself spell the whole word again because you're not going to learn how to do it correctly by doing it wrong and then going back to change it later. Mm-hmm. And all of us have these. I, I'm a bad one for the TH of the, the H is capital. Yeah. yeah. But I can actually tell my word to find that. <laughs> <laughs> and it corrects it for me, which is not helping me not do it. Yeah. It's, it's teaching me not to pay attention yeah. is what it's doing. Yeah. Um, so, yes. So yes, when you're yes. doing the fading protocol, um, do you, at every part of the cycle, you're you're playing with this, you're working with this, you're observing the. Um, not really, no. Because if um, you know, the fade in is about knowing that disrupting events are likely to surround this future behavior, and teaching the dog that they are just other opportunities that may or not pay off, but this will pay off, and making sure that the one that you want them to respond to does pay off a lot. The strongest point is just before they get the food. So if I've asked her to um, run towards me, returning you know, through the environment, which is full of disrupting events, just as she's about to arrive, I begin to dip my hand in my pocket. That is the strongest moment in that cycle. Not the moment I ask her to start moving towards me. That's probably the weakest moment. And during the run towards me, that is also a weak moment. But just as I've promised it by dipping my hand in my pocket, at that point, she's so close to getting reinforcer. Why would she go off to a bacon mm-hmm. sandwich? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, boom, it's mm-hmm. coming out of your pocket. This is like you've just seen the, um, I don't know, something you've been waiting for. is just about to complete. You're just about to get it. And at the moment, you're just about to get it. Mouthful of food. So you've got a nice... I know your favorite glass of wine, just as that glass of wine is going to go onto your lips and somebody asks you a question, I'm sure you'll take the sip of the glass of wine, then put it down and then answer them. You won't let them distract them at that moment just before you get the reinforcer you've been looking for. But if that reinforcer is on the table over the other side of the room, you are much more likely to be disrupted. So, I don't like the behavior or the antecedent to really have to cope with these disruptions until I know that reinforcer is stronger than any disrupting event. So if I can, if I can 
not disrupt your glass of wine going to your mouth, then I will start to put the disrupting event earlier in the cycle. Maybe just as I'm pouring the wine, I'll say to you, would you just mind going out to the car and getting me something? Yes, so that's on the antecedent. At that moment, you might say, no, no, I'm going to just have my glass of wine before I do, because that's not going to disrupt me from what I know that's coming. But we've already practiced you taking that glass of wine to your mouth. You do drink, don't Uh, you? Beer. I'm a beer person. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I was going to talk about a chocolate eclair, but, you know, (laughs) something that's the, the closer you are to the consumption of the reinforcer the less likely anything is to disrupt it. So that's where you're bringing it. That's where you start, start with, with, and then you back it up. Yeah, okay. I don't want to. I don't want anything in the middle of the behavior. Excuse me, I want to keep that behavior nice and clean. Well, you do go through this in quite a lovely detail in the Fade In Protocol article on your website, and I encourage listeners to go ahead and uh, take mm. a look at that mm. because we cannot do it justice cool. in, you know, 18, 20 minutes. But it's a, it's a wonderful article, so dive in and look at the video. I think you'll get, really enjoy it. Yes, I think about 10,000 people have had a look at it so far. It's quite a high one. Part of that, I'm standing there. So this will get people to go and have a look at it. I'm standing there wearing a witch's hat, looking at the dog over a cauldron. Yes. Yeah. There yeah, we yeah. are. That's a good one. <laughs> For more information and some great reading from many contributors, go to Kay Lawrence's website, learningaboutdogs.com, or follow Learning About Dogs on Facebook. And here's my plug. If you're looking for a new canine friend in your life, please consider your local rescue, animal shelter, or humane society. Mm-hmm.